understanding what our lives will look like when we pursue and achieve the goal or if we don't achieve the goal is going to help us understand the path we want to take. Welcome to the Connect Method Parenting Podcast, where correction is out, connection is in, and your kids want to listen to you. I'm Andy Martineau, creator of Connect Method Parenting, here to help you stay calm, confident, and connected no matter what. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Today, we are talking about goals. We talk about fitness goals. We talk about financial goals. Where's the parenting goals? (laughs) We should be talking about these around the kitchen table with our partner, with our family members, with our kids, but we're not. So that's why we're talking about it today. It's an important part of Connect Method Parenting. So of course, we're going to talk about it on the podcast. One of the beauties of having a goal is it keeps us focused on something. And the craziest thing happened as I was getting ready to film this podcast. We do a video and an audio version. So I was doing a check and I noticed that these lovely large eyebrows were completely disheveled. So I went downstairs to go fix the brows, ended up doing laundry and dishes, got back upstairs, was about to start again, realized I had totally forgotten why I went downstairs and had to go fix the brows. This is a very trivial example, but it illustrates really well how we're going to do everything but the goal. (laughs) Might even be good things. Really glad I put my sheets in the laundry this morning and that I did the dishes and that I gave the dog a treat all beautiful things. They weren't what I was going down and intending to do. So we need to have a clear focus for our brains to be able to progress. Now, there's a couple other misnomers about goals that I want to address right off the bat. One is that we think that if we set a goal, we accomplish it, it's going to make us happy. It's going to bring us so much joy. There is some satisfaction for sure that comes from setting goals, but learning to be happy, learning to be satisfied, that's an inside job. So that comes from our thoughts and beliefs. Looking externally for the validation to create happiness and satisfaction within ourselves is going to create problems. The other thing we sometimes do with goals is that we're setting them from a place of scarcity. We are setting a goal from a place of needing the goal to happen for us to feel worthy, to feel good enough. Being in a place where we need to have goals because of how much we lack. We're going to turn that around today. We're going to talk about setting goals from a place of abundance instead of scarcity. It will make a huge difference in how you set the goal, your ability to accomplish the goal, It's powerful. So I just wanted to lay that out on the table. Take a deep breath. Consider it. Goals do not make us feel better and they are not productive when they're set from a place of scarcity. But what goals do is they allow us to discover more of who we are. They allow us to progress as humans on this planet, especially as parents Our purpose is to continually evolve and become the best versions of ourselves. As we become better versions of ourselves, we are able to help our children better. And it just feels so dang good. (laughs) So goals serve as catalysts for growth, inviting us to expand and 
grow in ways we never could have imagined. So goals allow us to challenge ourselves, to break through self-imposed limitations, and tap into our true potential. I want you to hold on to that idea. That is the purpose of goals. It's about the journey of self-discovery and self-realization, not about the destination. It's about who we become in the process, and who we become in the process matters. It changes everything. So let's just hold on to those ideas. We want to set goals from a place of abundance. Happiness comes from our beliefs, not from our accomplishments externally. And that when we are using goals appropriately, they're allowing us to become the best version of ourselves. Little by little, we're breaking down the barriers that have prevented us from being that better version of ourselves. But it's not because that better version is outside of us. It's inside of us. And setting goals stretches us, lets us confront obstacles and limiting beliefs that have gotten in the way of us becoming that version of ourselves. Think about that. Take a deep breath. (laughs) It's similar to water falling on soil, especially in Arizona where the soil was so dry. It would take a minute for that water to soak into the soil. And that's sometimes what happens to my brain when I'm thinking of concepts that are challenging my preconceived notions, that water just takes a little bit to soak into the soil. But the magic lies within this understanding. When we contemplate a goal or a dream, if you want to call it a dream, I love that too, it may initially feel very daunting. It might seem beyond our current capacities. I want you to know this is normal. When someone has the goal to run a marathon, for the most part, unless they are consistent marathon runner, I can't remember what you call those, multi, uh, I'm going to mess it up, but you know what I mean, the people who run lots of marathons every year. With the exception of those people, the normal person is creating the possibility for themselves to run the marathon when they sign up. They are not ready to run the marathon tomorrow. And that's okay. When we are creating parenting goals, it might feel like a big stretch, which is what a marathon would feel like to me, a very big stretch. There is science that shows you want to not have it feel too impossible. That's not going to elicit the parts of your autonomic nervous system to help you move forward and motivate you to take action. So you want it to be a stretch goal, but you don't want it to feel impossible. And also you don't want it to feel so easy. You want it to be in the center somewhere biologically what's happening when we hit this magic place is that the dopamine kicks in, which pushes us to movement when it's a stretch goal. In fact, there's a research paper, I think it was published in Nature called the 85% rule. And it talks about when we're stretching towards goals, about 85% of the time, be able to do the things that are leading up to it. And 15% is where it feels frustrating, very outside our comfort zone. The important point that I'm trying to make is that we want to create a goal that stretches us, not too much, and is not so easy. In League, which is where we implement Connect Method Parenting, we call this the big mama goal. It's the equivalent of the marathon. It's something that we're putting out into the future, six months or a year into the future, and then we start creating baby step goals, that's what we call them, to accomplish them. That would be like the training regiment to prepare for the marathon. So you're going to initially contemplate this goal. It's going to seem a little daunting. It's definitely going to be a stretch goal. It's not going to be within your current capabilities. 
And this is where the magic lies in two ways. You are going to envision the reality of what your life will be like when you accomplish that goal. It's going to be so fun. And you're going to want to document this and write this down and have it elicit as many emotional reactions inside of your body as possible. Just get very excited about it. And if you're having trouble dreaming about this new possibility for you and your parenting, no, that's that's normal. And oftentimes we are navigating so much chaos with the kids that we have forgotten how to dream, how to think about what we really want. So know it's normal, sit with it and challenge yourself to create this beautiful goal and the vision that goes along with it in your mind and on paper. I want you to be realistic. You're going to have obstacles and I want you to envision those with clarity. I want you to see what will get in your way and what will happen if you let those obstacles derail you from your goal. Because that will allow you to see what your life will be like if you don't accomplish this goal. Biologically, we are programmed to run away from things we don't want. We also have the desire to go towards things we want. However, the instinct to retreat away from something we don't want is stronger. So what the science has shown is that if we have a very clear vision of the cost of what will happen if we don't pursue the goal and what our life will look like if we don't pursue the goal, we are more likely to achieve the goal. I know this feels counterintuitive. It's been powerful for me to be very clear on what is my life going to look like if I continue down this road. I had one of these come to moments about a year ago, actually just earlier this year with my physical health. And I took time to say, if you continue to eat like this, to exercise infrequently like this, and to prioritize things that are not contributing to your health in this continued manner, this is what your life's going to look like. Do you want this? I was looking at the scale and saying, what the heck is happening? I do not like this. And I had to sit in the reality of if I continue down this course, what was my life going to be like? It wasn't just about the weight. It was about me wanting to do things with my kids and wanting to accomplish tasks and have a healthy life, not have limitations. I sat in that reality and I was so motivated that I finally made a change. But just envisioning this physically fit body and eating healthy was not enough for me. I really had to lean into what the cost would be to my life if I didn't pursue a more focused goal on health. It works if I can see the evidence of it, but I love that the science supports it. So take time to do both. Understanding what our lives will look like when we pursue and achieve the goal or if we don't achieve the goal is going to help us understand the path we want to take. So by setting goals, we are providing our brain with clear direction and deliberate focus, both on what we do not want which uses our body to our advantage. So we want to use that. So we're going to be pulling away from what we don't want. And we're going to be moving towards what we do want. We want to elicit both of those drives inside of us. Just like we're guiding and supervising our kids, we need to do the same for our brains and goals serve that purpose. They become a compass. They're guiding us towards the parenting experience we most desire. I want you to drop into abundance as you're doing this. We've talked about 
thinking about the goal you want. So have that in mind. And I want to point out the importance of constraint. People are more likely to achieve their goals if they have less goals that they're focused on, which is why as I was growing up and I was setting 20, 30, 40 goals every January for my New Year's resolutions, I wasn't able to accomplish. I don't know if I did any of them. Maybe I got a couple done. But it's less likely we will accomplish goals if we have a whole bunch of goals. So you might have three or four goals you're focusing on in different areas of your life. So one parenting goal and one physical fitness goal or one maybe financial goal and stay focused on those. You are more likely to achieve the goals if you will constrain. So I want you to just have one parenting goal. This is the big mama goal. So if you're in league, come in, use that app. In league, we have this beautiful app that I had built that helps you create the big mama goal and your baby step goals to help you implement the framework of Connect Method Parenting at first. When we're entering into Connect Method Parenting and all we've been using in the past and all we have seen modeled is corrective parenting, it's hard to bridge that gap and to know how do I deal with the behavior that's still coming up at home in a connective way. So you stay focused on one big goal and create all the baby step goals moving towards it. If you've thought of a couple distill it down to one. Remember, it's the equivalent of the marathon. So it can be a sizable goal that's due date, so to speak, is far away a year, typically. Put that big goal on the back burner for a minute. We're going to do this exercise. It's called the want, have, want list. This is an exercise to help you counter scarcity which is often how we're making goals. We're thinking, I need to improve the relationship with this child because it's not good. And if I don't repair it, everything's going to go to pot. That's a very scarcity lack mindset. And although it might be very important for you to improve the relationship with your child, and I would not at all deter you from making that your number one goal, we want to have your energy as you create the goal and the baby steps to be from abundance, not from scarcity. I want you to create a list of 25 things you want, but here's the twist. You need to have all of these things already. So for example, I'll give you a couple for me. I want six beautiful, healthy children. Well, as you can see right here, those are my six beautiful, healthy children, and I have them. I'm so grateful for that. This is a want that I have. And then I would maybe say, I want to live in the woods. I grew up in the desert. and During COVID, we moved to a cabin in the woods by a creek with seasons in the mountains. I love it. This is my happy place. Those would be two examples. So you're going to create a list of 25 things you want that you already have. And then what you're going to do once you've completed that list. So if you want to do it right now, pause and then come back because there's a twist. (laughs) Once you have that list, I want you to, in the middle of each of those items, oh, I should have told you to, if you're writing this out, leave a space in between. Or if you're typing it out, you can always go back and edit it. But I want you to sandwich in between two things that you want that you have, something that you want that you don't have. So it could be a smoother bedtime with the kids. You are mixing the wants you already have with those you are still working towards. And this is shifting you into a place of abundance, not lack. It's crucial. It's everything. It's one of those hidden gems that 
we don't talk about, it will make the biggest difference in the energy that is fueling your goal. I want you to write it in first person and present tense. Part of the reason for this is the research I have done shows that when we write in present tense and in first person, our subconscious brain, which I haven't talked a lot about on the podcast yet, but the subconscious brain is powerful. It's what allows us to drive a car and talk on the phone, listen to music, have a conversation with our child all at the same time because the subconscious brain has taken over and is allowing us to be on autopilot for a lot of the things that are required to drive the car. We want to use the subconscious brain because it can process 10 times, 100 times, maybe it's even more bits per second versus the conscious brain, which is this beautiful prefrontal. It's where we have the intentional thought. So a new driver, and I have had a couple recently, they are driving and they don't have the programs and the neural pathways about how to drive embedded in their subconscious brain. And so they're having to use their conscious brain, the prefrontal cortex, to make all of the decisions driving. And that's why they are much less capable of multitasking while they're driving because it requires a lot of effort. And that frontal part of our brain is slower at processing information. It's not a problem. It's just good to know. And that's why in a lot of states, permitted drivers can't be driving friends. Or even when they get their license, they can't drive in the car with friends or even so many people. And it's to protect them from harming themselves and their friends because they're not able to multitask while they're driving because the prefrontal or the conscious part of their brain is having to do the majority of the work still. Now, once you drive a long enough period of time, it becomes rote, it becomes embedded. We have the neural pathways. We're not really thinking about driving anymore. It's just second nature. The subconscious brain is equivalent to one of those fast trains in Europe or maybe Asia, those bullet trains. Our conscious brain is like a handcart on the railroad tracks that just we have to do it by hand. It's slow, but it's a, it moves, but it's much slower. So we want to be using the power of our subconscious brain. We want it to be coming to the table to help us with our goals. One of the ways we can do that is to talk present tense and in first person. Our subconscious brain only thinks in the here and now. It's the present mind. The conscious brain, the prefrontal cortex, that area of the brain is the part of our brain that thinks rationally and can think about our thinking. It's beautiful for creating goals, but we want to bring both parts of the brain, and I'm being simplistic here and I realize that, but both parts of our brain on board to help us have the best results. So first person, present tense. That was my tangent to explain why you want to do that. For example, if if bedtime was the focus, that was my big mama goal. I am creating, this might be how you would say it. I am creating an amazing bedtime routine where I spend time connecting with my kids, helping them stay calm and go to sleep. And I'm willing to attempt it 300 times if necessary to figure out how to create the best bedtime routine for my kids. The more specific and detailed you can be, the better as well. So specify timeframes, dates, even amounts if that's applicable. At this stage, you do not need to know the how. Got it? Don't need to know the how. We just are addressing the energetic component of abundance. We want to be in a place of abundance. We want to be visualizing what happens if we don't follow through with the goal, what our life will be like. We want to be leaning into what our life will look like if we accomplish the goal. 
And that's the important part right now. That's as far as I want you to go. It might sound like a simple task, but going through and creating yourself a list of things you want that you have, sandwiching in between those things you want that you don't have, and then distilling down to the number one big mama goal that you want to focus on. When you transfer your goals from your mind to your paper, or if you're in league from your mind into the big mama goal app, you are making them tangible and real. You're taking them outside of imagination and you're solidifying your commitment to them. Now, here's what might happen along the way. It's going to happen. So prepare yourself for what will happen. Your brain will happen. Your subconscious brain, the one I was talking about is this bullet train. It's really powerful. It wants to keep things the same. It wants to be efficient. It likes things to stay the same, even if it's not working great because you've survived and you've been safe. So it's going to work against these changes that you are trying to create for yourself. We're setting ourselves up for more success by stating our goal in present tense and from our perspective. However, it's still going to try to keep you safe by not allowing the change to happen. Thoughts are going to start popping into your head. Thoughts like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe this isn't the right thing. Those are things that will steal your dreams faster than anything else. It will put you into a place of confusion and doubt and fear. If you allow them to dominate your mindset, you're not going to move forward. And many clients I've worked with have blocked their own dreams by simply saying, I just don't know. I don't don't know how. They have been stuck in this for years. And when they come to me, I'm very clear, we've got to we've got to be aware of these thoughts and not let them dominate your mindset anymore because they're literally blocking you from the things you want most. This is part of the process. It's not a problem. The steps to work through these dream stealing thoughts are to do a thought download. That's my go-to. Write them all down, look at them, allow them to be there. Don't believe them, don't judge them. Even imagining yourself from the future place where your goal is accomplished and looking at them will allow you to disempower them so that they don't get in your way any longer. This is a powerful process. It allows you to meet your own mind from a place of knowing if you're embodying this future vision of what your life will be like and you're encountering these thoughts of doubt and fear and confusion, you're meeting them from a place of knowing. Coming with the mindset of what would I do or think, or what would I believe about these thoughts if I knew I couldn't fail? I knew inevitable success was mine. If I put this goal down, it's for sure happening. If I knew that was the case, how would I approach these thoughts? What would I do or not do about them? Envisioning your goal as already accomplished allows you to gain clarity and you can approach these icky thoughts that are trying to take you down with clarity and confidence. Once you have this clarity and you're able to address these thoughts that are trying to get in your way, trying to stop you in your tracks, you can create the action plan of how. And the way you do this is by really looking into who you will be, dropping into imagination and thought and belief and possibility and embracing the person you will become when you achieve this goal. Imagining yourself as your future self who has already achieved the goal and then reflecting how 
Would that version of me have accomplished that goal? If you're new to Connect Method Parenting, I have a great way for you to get started. I created a free course that covers some of the biggest challenges parents are facing and how Connect Method Parenting solves them. In an hour, we're going to talk about why parenting is so hard, how to get your kids to want to listen to you, how to stop yelling and losing your cool and become that calm, confident, connected parent for good. It's the fastest way to get started using connection as your go-to tool for influencing and impacting your kids. Go to cmp.works forward slash course to get instant access today. I know this might sound strange if you've never done it before, but you've got to try it. It's so powerful. You will unlock so much wisdom that you have inside of yourself. And if you have the framework of Connect Method Parenting as part of your reality, you're going to be able to draw on that information to understand the steps that you would have taken to get to a place of more connection, deeper relationships, a smooth bedtime routine, whatever your goal is. If your goal was to have a peaceful bedtime routine with your kids, you're going to start by envisioning that it has already been achieved and then reflect on the steps that you took to make that happen. Maybe you implemented a clear start time. Maybe one of the steps was to get really clear on what you needed to do personally to prepare yourself emotionally and physically to create a beautiful bedtime routine. Maybe you iterated on the conditions of the bedroom, mood lighting, music. So you would think about all of these things. And then also we need to go back and think about how you addressed or overcame the challenges and obstacles along the way. That's really important. So you're going to know the things that are currently happening. Maybe bedtime routine looks like the kids running out of the room. That was for sure the way it was in my house when my kids were little. They would run out of the bedroom. It was bonkers. And so I needed to learn how to address that instead of thinking, I hope it doesn't happen tonight. Please, pretty please. I hope it doesn't happen tonight. It's much wiser to say it's totally going to happen tonight. And what can I do to overcome it? And when you're thinking about these obstacles from this future version of yourself, you're going to even drop into more wisdom of how you can tackle these obstacles. For example, kids run out of their room and you could say, okay, how would I have overcome that to have reached this destination where bedtime is smooth and beautiful? And getting really clear on the steer which would encompass the thought, I would think it's okay, I can handle this. That's what I would have done. And then I would have felt firm, compassionate energy to lead them back to their room and help them know the limit is we don't come out at night. I would have looked them in the eyes. I wouldn't have felt frustrated. You're going to really problem solve. What are the things you would have done to overcome the obstacles? You're going to be amazed at your genius because you're amazing. You have so much wisdom inside of yourself. You just have to set up the parameters and the environment so that you can discover it. You can think of these goals as a GPS that guides you to your destination. It provides you with a roadmap for where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Serving as a compass to give you focus and helping you make decisions that are aligned to your desired outcomes. I saw this demonstrated in a class one time where they had this jar and they had a set amount of rocks and a set amount of sand. 
And they said, do you think we can fit it all in? And we were like, I don't know. So they poured all the sand in and it took up a chunk of the jar and then they poured the rocks in and they wouldn't fit. And they said, let's try this again. They dumped out the sand and they put the big rocks in first and then all of the sand in and it all fit. It's a great illustration of putting first things first, having a goal in mind. We can get so distracted by the laundry and the fighting and the dinner and the errands that we don't focus on making consistent progress towards our big mama goals. Think of it as a compass, giving you a sense of focus and helping you make decisions that are aligned to your big mama goal. For example, if your 12-year-old is consistently refusing to do chores and becomes angry when the topic is brought up, which might be drawn on a personal experience here, this can be challenging. It was so challenging for me. And by setting a goal to address the issue, taking time to think about what my life would be like if I finished the goal and accomplished it, what my life would be like if I didn't accomplish it, and then taking proactive steps towards finding a solution, it allowed me to really move forward to find the solutions. If you were tasked to hire for a position and you were willing to interview 300 applicants for the job, you have a pretty high chance of finding a really good fit for the job versus five applicants. So when we're dealing with our child's resistance to chores or bedtime or whatever the case may be, homework, approach it with a similar mindset. If you only try a couple of strategies, then it's less likely you're going to be successful. But if you're willing to try as many times as needed, then it really guarantees that the actions you're taking are going to maximize your chances of success. Your goal might be to explore every different possibility to help your child have a more pleasant attitude around chores, which will include your attitude around asking them. And in the process, you're going to learn so much about yourself. So many strategic byproducts, secondary gains are going to come from the process of discovering what it's going to need to look like in your home, what you need to feel, and how you need to be thinking about your child to create an environment where they want to do chores with you, which is one of the things I talk about with Connect Method Parenting, is getting to a place where your kids actually want to listen to you. What if you were determined to create that and you were willing to try 300 different things? Your chance of success is pretty darn good. And ultimately, you want that regardless. So who cares how many times it takes? That's a goal you want. And you want that because you want them to have a work ethic. You want them to know how to navigate hard things. You want to learn how to ask your child how to do something they don't want to do without erupting inside of yourself. So many things are coming out of this experience, out of this experiment. So by taking these intentional actions, trying different methods, you increase your likelihood of finding a successful solution. When you think about goal setting and you think about stepping outside your comfort zone, being committed to doing whatever it takes to achieve your desired outcome, it's not just about the end result. I've been drilling that the whole episode. I want to just make sure everyone realizes it's about who you become in the process. I've called it strategic byproducts, secondary gains, learning skill sets and emotional capacity and resilience. You get all of those things, which you can then bring with you to other 
goals and situations that you are navigating with your kids and with your life. So this is powerful. You'll face your doubts, your fears, your frustrations head on. It's inevitable that you'll grow. And so when you consider what your relationship with your child is worth to you, you'll be willing to do anything to make that happen. So I was talking with a parent who really was trying to create a better relationship with their kids. And they were willing to do 200 one-on-one dates with this child to build a stronger relationship. That was their goal. They're like, I'm going to do 200 one-on-one dates. Now, that didn't mean always leaving the home, but dialed in experiences with that child that was very intentional. We have a very specific way of doing one-on-one special time with kids. And so he was willing to do that. And while not every outing went great, the process itself led to so much growth and transformation. Inevitably, the relationship improved. Through the experiences, the parent gained incredible insight into their child's world and incredible insights for themselves into what was happening with them. Was it easy to be that present? Did they find themselves judging the child when they did certain things? They learned so much from this intentional decision. So even if they didn't achieve the exact outcome they had in their mind when they started, they became a better version of themselves in the process. And I have to say, it actually was better than they imagined, but it looked different than they could envision when the goal was set. And this holds true for all of us. It's through the pursuit of these goals that will shape us and change us as parents. And we learned so much how to manage our thoughts, how to be more deeply connected to our kids, how to manage our emotions. We become more in touch with our nervous system. We become so much more accepting of our children. I invite everybody to dream big. That's your challenge from this episode. Dream big. Pick a very specific big mama goal. Write that sucker down. Allow all the fears, doubts, and shame to come up. Acknowledge all of those negative thoughts. They will be there that are going to want to derail you and put you into confusion. Acknowledge them. Tap into the wisdom of your future self who has successfully navigated the challenges and achieved this desired goal. And from there, break down your goal into actionable steps so that you can create consistent action towards your goal and be willing to give it 300 attempts. Be willing to put in the time, the energy, the effort necessary. And even if this goal that you have in mind doesn't turn out exactly the way you wanted it to, it will lead you to so much personal growth and deeper understanding of yourself as a parent. It will be beyond worth it. Step outside your comfort zone. Embrace the power of a big mama goal as a parent Your desires and aspirations for your family are essential for you to create the parenting experience and the life you want with your children. Thank you guys so much for joining me today as we talked about big mama goals, baby step goals, scarcity, abundance, creating lists of wants that we have, all of the things we talked about. It was so much fun to talk about it with you. Go out, move forward on your goals. And if you want to just make my day, jump over to the YouTube page if you're listening to this on a podcast player and drop in the comments below one big mama goal you've created for yourself. I would love to see those. All right. I will be cheering you on every step of the way as you are moving forward to creating parenting goals. This is what we need to be doing if we want to create sustainable change. Parenting, after all, is the most important job 
we are doing right now. And we want to be the best at it. Don't just keep the goals to fitness and finances and all of those things. Make parenting goals a priority. Go and do, you guys. Go do it. I loved being with you here today. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, come check out League, my Connect Method parenting coaching program, where we take this material and we apply it using my proven formula. Head over to cmp.works forward slash join.